0: All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. I'm Dave Ahern, and we have Andrew Sather with us as well. Tonight, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do some, we're going to try some inspirational stories for you. We're going to talk about some average, everyday investors that have taken a lot of the strategies and ideas that Andrew and I talk about and have had success with them. We want to give these stories to you as a way of helping you, inspire you to continue down the path that you've already started. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Andrew and he's going to talk about our first story.
2: Yeah. So actually I'm going to quote what's here on the Wall Street Journal because I love the way they started this. It reminds me of, you know, that one commercial, the most interesting man in the world. So it goes, she lived in a tiny one bedroom cottage in Lake Forest, Illinois. She bought her clothes (laughs) at rummage sales, didn't own a car and worked most of her life as a secretary for a pharmaceutical company. And basically, it's talking about Grace Groner, and at age 100, she left $7 million to be used for scholarships. So basically, the story behind her, exactly how the intro makes it sound, it's, she's just your average Joe, what's the female equivalent of that? I don't know, your average Joe. Basically, what she did was she was able to buy a couple shares of a stock, and she held on to it for a very, very long time. And she turned a really small amount of money into millions of dollars. So it was, the stock was called Abbott Laboratories. And anybody who's been following the market, maybe kind of familiar with some of the, the bigger stories that have happened and some of the bigger successes, will know that Abbott for a very, very long time has been Super, super successful, just compounding money and and paying out dividends and growing those dividends and the stock price has just shot up. The earnings have been shooting up, dividends shooting up, and even recently too. Um, in the past decade, it's just been one of those companies that's just you know we just had the Fourth of July weekend and they're just the pinnacle example of American capitalism. It's it's really the American dream and being able to. Create all this revenue and, and, you know, jobs and earnings and dividends. And it's really created some wealth. And and so that wealth has really done some great things for a lot of people through grace. So that stock was called Abbott. It was $60 a share when she bought it. She bought three shares and this was in 1935. Basically, like, like I said earlier, it turned into what was it, $9 million? Um, I believe. When they start, stopped counting it or when they sold it off, when she died, whatever it was, it was around 2010. So we're talking about very long time. What What's that? Like 60, 70, 75 years. So what she did was she just let it grow. Um, the shares, they were splitting over time and she was just reinvesting the dividends. So that small pile of money, that small ownership stake in the company was growing over time, getting compounding interest, and you're seeing a stock that continued to go up as well. And so it's really inspiring to me because it shows how, you know, there's a couple different ways that the average person can really make some significant wealth for themselves in the stock market. One way is to kind of do what Grace Groner did. And Really, she got lucky on the stock. Granted, you know she didn't put much in. Like I said, it was three shares, so one hundred and three times six sixty was one hundred and eighty dollars. Okay, that's obviously a tiny amount when you compare it to millions of dollars at the end. We're not all going to hit a home run with like buying one stock and getting an Abbott, just like Grace did. But we can find. You know, if we diversify and, and there's a couple other stories we'll talk about where, where there are great examples of this, but you can kind of leverage your bets and, and have the probabilities work towards you to, to really give yourself this opportunity to be a part of this great machine of capitalism that really grows earnings and creates prosperity and just really gives great wealth opportunity to people you have to know that it's there and you have to put money into it you have to you can't just sit on the sidelines you can't postulate and think and theorize about it you really got to go out and do it um and there is a chance you know i'm buying stocks every month there's a chance that one of those stocks could be a grace grower stock but you'll never know nobody knows what the future holds that's why you you try to buy a lot of different stocks you try to put more and more money into the market as you can and why you want to buy stocks for the long term, let them run and reinvest your dividends because you never know when the next stock is going to be like one of these. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things why
0: we're talking about these today is we want to give people an idea that you don't have to be, you know, Joel Greenblatt or Monish Burry or Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger. You don't have to be a superstar to be able to do this. This is something that at these people that we're talking about today are average, everyday people. The next one that I wanted to talk about is Ann Scheiber. Uh, she is not as well known. I frankly had not heard of her before Andrew and I started talking about this. So her story was she turned a $5,000 investment in 1944 during World War II into 22 million by the time of her death. She died when uh, she died at 101. So the thing that I think is kind of interesting about this for me is that she started doing this when she was in her 50s. So this was not, you know, something where she started when she was a young person and did it, you know, you know, over 75 years, she did it. I mean, it was what 50, 50 some years that she did this. So her story is a little interesting because she's a little bit like Andrew and I, she was, and she was very interested in what she was doing and learning more about it. Whereas grace was kind of like Andrew said, you know, she, you know, bought one stock and just left it there and, and just kept reinvesting the dividends Uh, Anne's story is that she became really quite the, Educated investor, she read annual reports. Uh, she had a portfolio that had uh, over a hundred, you know, securities in her. so a hundred different companies, and she had some of the big names like Coca Cola, Pepsi, Br- Bristol Myers, and so on. You know, Pfizer. So she had some really, really big name companies. But she was very inquisitive. Apparently, she uh, worked for the IRS. She was an auditor for them for about twenty some years. And she never earned more than $3,150 a year. So she didn't make a lot of money. So this is kind of an average everyday person. And, you know, she learned from auditing tax returns that the surest way or the easiest way to become rich in America was by accumulating stocks. So she figured it out by looking at all the people's tax returns that she looked at that, you know, stock market was the way to go. And like I said, she did her investigation. She read uh, tax returns. Uh, She read annual reports. So she did her research and uh, she was very, very uh, inquisitive, and so she wanted to learn as much about this as she possibly could. But she also has the same, uh, you know, kind of trademark that we talk about a lot. She never sold her stocks; uh, she kept reinvesting the dividends, and when the stocks would split, she would keep the shares and wouldn't sell them off. And she helped them through the thick and thin, you know, through the bear markets in the '70s and the '80s, the 1987 crash, which was a, a big, big doozy. Uh, she held on to her stocks because she knew she had really good companies and so you know the the great story about the kind of the finale of this is She donated the whole fortune, so she spent her whole life accumulating this money, and then she donated it to a local college that she actually never attended herself, but she wanted to help the school. So, you know, I think this is a great example of somebody that does not come from a finance background, didn't have that education, and also, you know, started a little later in life. So somebody like myself... Who is starting a little later in life? It shows you that you know just by doing the simple things that Andrew and I talk about, you know, re, you know, investing in you know solid, steady companies, reinvesting the dividends, you know, looking for those companies that are going to be growing and that have great balance sheets, great you know cash flow statements, that you know are good, high-quality businesses, and a lot of times, boring businesses. You know, the companies we were just talking about, they aren't exciting. They aren't sexy. And that's one of the things that we've talked many times about is that this is a great way to invest. And a lot of times, the ones that you get super excited about are not not always the best investments. And, you know, finding that, you know, Abbott Industries or, you know, finding that Coca-Cola, you know, those are the ones that are really going to set you up for life, And that's, you know, to me, that's where value investing and this dividend reinvestment is so crucial and critical to building your wealth over time.
1: Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it.
2: Absolutely. And not to throw shade at Grace, um, she also donated her fortune to the college that she went to. So. Don't let her be outdone by Anne. They both were very <laughs> generous women as they accumulated all this wealth. Yeah, it's I, you know the thing I love about Anne and Grace too, because the way Wall Street Journal made her sound that they're both very frugal women, and they certainly had the opportunity later on in their life to really splurge, but for whatever reason, they they saw frugality as a way of life, and they were able to utilize that. Um, Especially in Anne's case, you know, putting building that portfolio in the way that she did. It it gives me hope for the average investor. I have this posted on my website. Um, Obviously, this is a podcast for those of you who don't haven't been to the website yet. Uh, I, I like to put some numbers about how even you don't have to necessarily be completely frugal or making, you know, six figure income in order to. To make significant wealth for yourself in the stock market, what I did on the on the website was I took the median age in the US, the median income in the US, and factored in like a 401k match. And that's like the average match. So median age in the US is around 37, median income is around fifty one K. Average 401k match is a one for one up to six percent. So, you know, median, median, average. And then let's say that person invested of their income got the 401k match and got average stock market returns. With all those factors, you know, not, you don't have to be early start. You don't have to start when you're 20. You don't have to be making six figures, seven figures. We're talking about all those medians and averages. By the time they are 65, they'd have 1.1 million in retirement. So not only does that show you what's possible in the stock market, also just the way that the math of compounding interest works it's it's money that literally works for you you know instead of you slaving away at a job trying to break your back for the next dollar these dollars are accumulating like a snowball and they're picking up speed as they go along and all you got to do is sit there and you know continuing to invest and doing the things we talk about like dave said doing things like diversification dollar cost averaging long term plan reinvesting those dividends those are the kinds of things that as an average person really why we like to talk about your path to financial freedom it, it is possible it's just you know you have to put in you, you have to put in the, the the work quote unquote you know you have to put your skin in the game and you got to just kind of at some point take off the training wheels i know i know when i first started I was very hesitant and it took me a couple months of actually tracking some stocks on the piece of paper before I really felt comfortable enough to put money in. And then even then I wasn't putting anything significant in. I just bought one share. And then finally over time I was able to do more and more. And once you build this habit, then it becomes second nature and you're not even thinking about it anymore. So those are the types of things that you can start to set up to set yourself up for success and you don't have to have a fancy degree. You don't have to have that cushy job on wall street. These are all things you can do. And I mean, in my opinion, there's even more opportunity than there was in the past. You know, we have, if you just think about the way abundance and wealth works, it's, it's ever expanding and there's no limit to it. That's what's so great about the stock market. Um, your downside is of course you could lose all your money, but that's capped right there. But the upside's infinite. Your potential, you know, nobody, there's no like ceiling that says, okay, you've, you've made 10 times your money. You have to stop. That's the way our world works. That's the way technology and innovation work and the way economies work and populations. I mean, have we seen a ceiling on population growth yet? No, we haven't. And every time, you know, I'm getting off on a tangent, but every time that these experts, quote unquote, say that we're about to run out of people on the planet, then then that's when all of a sudden innovation hits. So we we had things like the agriculture boom that really brought technological advancements that was able to now support all the expanding populations. So we we've seen that, and you know, maybe one day we'll be on Mars. Maybe we'll be exploring the solar system nobody really knows any of these things but what's great is that there's just so much potential there's so many things that can go right and there's there's no better time to start than today so why not start and i think another great kind of way to to approach it you know obviously you have the grace thing uh getting really lucky with a with a stock pick you have the and shibler shibler how i don't know how you pronounce it being being kind of more the the researcher and then you have this third character his name was ronald reed and what he did he left eight million dollars
0: at the end of it when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source it's why you listen to this podcast when i'm looking to upgrade my wallet i turn to nerd wallet Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial.
2: He invests in a lot of blue chip stocks. And, you know, we've had an episode in the past about blue chip stocks and different kind of pros and cons behind them and how they're really known for being stable and paying a lot of dividends. So, he kind of was the stereotypical dividend investor that we think about when you see people talk about investors who are in retirement, you know, a lot of older investors tend to gravitate towards income and kind of get those dividend yields and and, and try to find those more secure stocks. But he, you know, he didn't wait necessarily until he was that old. uh, You know, there there are some portfolio holdings on here. Uh, Wells Fargo was his biggest one when he passed away. Procter and Gamble, you got Colgate, American Express, all these everyday brands, big companies, big businesses—they're just spitting out cash, and he was just another average person who was able to take advantage of it and. You know, he didn't have, he he was just an ordinary person, didn't have a finance degree, didn't have an MBA. He did the same things that um, the other two investors we talked about did. They He just held for the long term, reinvested those dividends, and over time, you know, was able to build his portfolio. So there's not a lot of information on exactly, you know, which stocks he picked at which times, but... The principles are all there. we have you know good diversification we have long term investing, all those kinds of things and so really, to be able to be the type of person who can who can create and earn millions of dollars in the stock market, you can see that for all three of these, it wasn't you know like a a billionaire heiress you know or They didn't have trust funds or anything like that. These are all average people with average salaries and, uh, you know, middle class expenses, just like the rest of us. They were able to not only create these huge portfolios, but I mean, just think about the, the, the income they were getting from these dividends. And you can see how it just really expands that wealth in a very, very fast way. And, I, I think it's interesting how it's not clear about Ronald, but you know, for Grace and for Anne, it sounds like they reinvested till death, right? Like they never even used any of that income to spend when it, when it got to that point. But people like to bemoan about social security and how, you know, we can't trust it. We don't have pensions anymore, all this and that. But if you have like a solid, portfolio with great dividend stocks and they're they're paying you these these reliable and growing incomes over time. I mean that's the kind of financial security, financial freedom that you really can't get anywhere else. And I I don't see I don't see you getting that by stuffing money under your mattress. I don't see you getting that by buying a lot of gold and burying it in the ground. You know, there's just a special magic about strong dividend stocks and especially a portfolio like Ronald's that just have these really strong blue chip stocks. Many of them are continuing to grow their dividends. And so you have this, it's just sweet, sweet double compounding. I just love it so much. You know, I just want to, I just want to everybody to really be able to experience that at some time. And, and, you know, hopefully we all can where you're going to have an income that's growing. You're going to have a portfolio that's growing and everything's growing at the same time. And, and it's, catching up or beating inflation and, and it's just providing a lot of comfort and security. And so I think that's, it's, it's all really possible. These are a couple of stories that have really proven that it's possible. And again, like I kind of harp back before the possibilities on this are endless and we really don't know. I mean, the internet is a really new thing and we haven't seen, arguably we haven't seen that really play out over the the very long term is how it affects business so and we don't know what the next invention is going to be tomorrow so really the the sky is the limit and maybe not even the sky maybe beyond space is the limit so i'm I'm really excited to see how that can play out and i hope that excitement can kind of bleed into the listeners conscious and hopefully they can kind of absorb it and feel excited as well i agree with
0: you that's you know those are the things that I get excited about, you know, and this is a big reason why you and I have started this podcast and why we talk about the things that we talk about is because we want to help people. We want to, we want them to see the light too like we have seen the light and, you know, to throw a, a few numbers at what just kind of, you know, highlight what Andrew was talking about and when she died, her portfolio was paying $750,000 in dividend and interest income annually. So, when we talk about setting yourself up for financial freedom, imagine being able to do absolutely nothing and earn $750,000 a year for absolutely nothing. I mean, that's just that's just insane. Uh, you know, Grace's portfolio was uh generating 250,000 in annual dividend income a year. Ronald's was averaging around 240,000. And annual income a year, and equipping up. So, you know, if you if you have that kind of portfolio and you've done that kind of work through the lifetime, you don't have to worry about Social Security. And I think that's what Andrew and I are trying to get at is that this can be your way to having that retirement that you want. You know, being able to do the things that you want to do and have the financial freedom to do it. And that's why we get so excited about this. And that's why we wanted to talk about these things today was to try to give people a little bit of inspiration and make them feel like, you know, yes, this can be done. You know, sometimes there's days or weeks or months where you're like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is not, it's not getting there. You have to be patient. You know, I think the common theme that runs through all three of these stories, excuse me, is that they all were very extremely patient and they were very diligent in what they were doing and they didn't give up. They just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, my grandmother uh, used to have a saying that I really like and I thought was very apropos for for me in my life and it's something I like to pass along from time to time. She used to say that water dripping on a stone eventually makes an impression. And I thought, you know... (laughs) That's really good because whenever you get really frustrated about something, you know, if you keep working at it, it will make a difference. And I think that when you think about value investing and when you think about what Andrew and I are talking about, patience is a very, very big factor and key feature of this kind of investing. And, you know, it's really the the path to financial freedom. It really is. And when you think about some of the big heroes and the superstars that Andrew and I talk about, you know, these people did not get wealthy overnight. You know, Warren Buffett was not, you know, a gazillionaire when he was 22 years old. He was broke like the rest of us. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I read somewhere that his, you know, he, His great wealth actually didn't come until he was in his 70s. So he was doing all this, toiling away, doing his thing for, you know, a good 40 or 50 years before he hit that, you know, that that big payday, so to speak. And, you know, the reason why I say that is because I want you to understand that, you know, that it can be done and you can do it and it is possible, you know, all these people that we're talking about did it and have done it. Andrew and I are on that path as well. You know, Andrew is much younger than I am, and so he's got a long he's got a long you know track record that he's going to be able to accumulate. I have a little shorter of a horizon, but you know, he's going to get there, and I'm going to get there too. And you can too. You can come along with us. You know, that's why we're doing this is we want to take a, you know everybody on a ride with us, and we all want to meet the same place. And we all want to have fun together. And maybe it'll be on Mars. That would be awesome, wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, they better hurry up then. Come on, exactly. Elon Musk waiting for you. <laughs> Get off the butt. <laughs> right. Oh, no, yeah, I really love that quote. I think that's, that's really a really fantastic way to end it. And I hope people take it to heart. Yeah, me too. Me too.
0: All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for today. We hope you enjoyed our little inspirational talk. If you have any questions or any thoughts on what we're talking about, please let us know. Uh, We enjoy talking to each other, and we hope you enjoy what we're doing. And please give us a review on iTunes. We haven't had one in a while. We'd love to hear what you guys think of our show. Just go on there, give us a review, tell us what you think, and that will do it. So you guys have a great week, and we will see you next week.
1: We hope you enjoyed this content, 7 Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day.